0: Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone somewhere knows something. My name is Janelle Feller and I'm Katie Norby. These are the stories of Frederick Iwert and Audrey Heron.
1: Frederick Albert Iwert lived near Washington County, Lake, Kansas. In April 1983, he was a 66-year-old farmer who was also a recent widower. At the time, he had 17 cows and two bulls. His sister reported that Frederick was devoted to his cows because they belonged to his late wife. He had a thyroid condition that required medication, and he walked with a cane due to a hip injury. On the morning of April 20th, Fred saw his brother and told him that J. Ted Garner was coming out to help him with chores and give him a chiropractic treatment. Fred went on to pay delinquent property taxes on his cattle and renewed a note, a $1,500 note, uh, to borrow the $500 he needed to repair farm equipment. While at the bank, the president of the bank told Fred that he had heard rumors that Fred had a girlfriend and was running off with her. Fred asked for the woman's name because he wanted to meet this supposed girlfriend. The bank president would later testify that when when asked, Fred denied that he had signed any sales or contracts on his property. In November and December of 1982, Fred modified his insurance policy to include just the number of cattle that he had on his land. Between September uh, 1982 and April 1983, Fred purchased 500 pounds of calf feed, 100 gallons of gas and 100 gallons of diesel from the local farmers' co-op. In March 1983, Fred and his brother, Valdemar, entered into the Payments in Kind program at the ASCS office in Washington County. J. Ted Gardner was a semi-retired chiropractor in town. He'd been in practice since 1978 and had an office in Morrillville. Gardner and Fred had met in mid-August of 1982. Around that time, Garner claimed to have helped Fred return some bulls that had wandered off to a neighbor's house. Garner and Fred's homes were just three miles apart. After that incident, Garner came over every day to help Fred with the chores. According to Garner, Fred had talked about selling his cattle and the farm because it had become too much for him to manage anymore. Garner had a bill of sale for Fred's farm that was written on September 10, 1982. Just one month, after Garner and Fred had met. Garner typed the bill of sale himself, and it was signed by Fred, although an expert witness would later testify that the signature did not belong to Fred Ewert. Garner reported he had paid Fred $30,600 in cash, although there was never a record of Ewert receiving or depositing that amount of money. In October 1982, Garner was making arrangements for Harold Miller of Morroville to sell Fred's cattle. Miller worked part-time at the Belleville Sale Barn. Apparently, attempts to deliver the cattle to the sale barn were delayed due to winter. The cattle were finally set to be delivered to the sale barn on April 21st, 1983, and were scheduled to be sold on the 22nd. On April 20th, 1983, Garner went to the Washington Vet Clinic to buy something that he could use to put down an old horse. He purchased 50 cc's of a euthanasia solution enough to kill a full-grown horse. On April 20th, at 11.45 p.m., Valdemar Ewert contacted the police because he was not able to find Fred. When the police interviewed Gardner, he reported that Fred had gone to Mississippi with his lady friend, Martha Klein, and they would be back in about two weeks. When law enforcement searched Fred's home, they found his favorite walking cane uh, behind the kitchen door, his billfold, his Kansas driver's license, and his checkbook. In January 1984, J. Ted Garner was convicted of a felony murder, attempted theft, and for- forgery. He was only the second person in Kansas State history to be convicted of murder without a body. Frederick Albert Ewert was 66 years old when he went missing on April 20th, 1983. He was a Caucasian male who stood between 5'11 and 6'1 and weighed, uh, and weighed 200 pounds. He had brown hair and brown eyes. He took medication for a thyroid condition and walked with a cane. If you have any information about Frederick Albert Iwork, contact the Washington County Sheriff's Office at 785-325-2293.
0: What did this Garner guy have to gain, I mean other than his property? Well, he he was also a uh, he
1: also dabbled in real estate. Okay. And uh, he liked to purchase a property around his mm. land. Um, to, like, make his worth more or something? Well, I think that, I think that, I, I think maybe, I think maybe. But also, um, it, was like a, it was like a hobby of his. Mm. Uh, but it's just, he... Um there was a lot of lies in there and that's one thing in a small town. Um if you're gonna lie in a small town, in a in a really small town, you better be pretty good at keeping your lies because people are paying it. people will pay attention to that. Right. And um but his sole purpose was to
0: gain to to gain his property. Yeah. Um well and Frederick obviously he had no plans on selling the property. No, nope. I mean, and he had stated it many times in many yeah. different ways. I mean, even the stuff that he did that day. Yep. That morning, like, why would you fix your farm equipment if you were just going right. to sell would it? You, why
1: would you take a loan out? Why would yeah. you? Why would you buy one hundred uh, gallons of gas, one hundred gallons of diesel, and um, um, calf feed? Because um, it's expensive. Because it's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. I mean, just going to the just filling my vehicle up with gas is expensive i can't even imagine what it would cost to buy 100 gallons right um which is what farmers have to do in the, in the especially you know what I, I mean several times a year they probably have to do it but mm-hmm. he wasn't he was and i he, the idea 66 years old isn't that old right right it, it isn't really isn't when you i mean it used to be but mm-hmm. uh it's it's really not that old and um He wasn't... He was of sound mind. He, um, this was just a sneaky, shady character who saw an opportunity to acquire
0: property at little or no cost. Uh, And he just basically stole it. I mean, even even to say, I mean, this was the 80s, but even to say that he paid him $30,000 in cash for how many cattle and his farm and... I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot. It Well. I mean, if you have that many cattle, you must have quite a bit of land.
1: There's, well, I don't think, I don't think you necessarily do. Really? No, but, but I mean, that's, and and I think that, uh, I think the plan was to maybe, to maybe um, purchase the land and let them live on it or something Mm -hmm. like that. That's what he he stated, but um, that was never his intent. Right. And. It's just greed. It's just yeah. greed. And this man is just living his life, just doing his thing, maybe having a little trouble, maybe struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like maybe he was. But uh, he was still, he had no one, I mean, he, was, he wasn't slowing down. Yeah. He, um, I mean, it was the cattle that would pay the bills to um, keep him on the farm. And so he was just doing what he needed to do. Except uh, a little help when he needed it, but, and that's what makes me so angry is, is that somebody, that that a perpetrator saw an opportunity, to take advantage and. Did. Right. I mean, it was it wasn't. I don't know that it was a very big piece of property. It was a small operation, mm-hmm. and and he was a chiropractor. He probably had plenty of money. Right. To do what he wanted to do, but he wanted what somebody else had. Yeah. And, but because of the, probably because of of, of the things that were said, the character of Frederick Eyward, um, the consistency of him, the you know.
0: That. It was enough to convince a jury. Right. Well, I would I would guess that because he was 66 years old. I mean, it would be very different talking about a 30, 30 year old Right. You know. Right, who very well could have just up and left and you know, when a 66-year-old with his property, the cows that meant so much to his his former wife, the things that he did that day, like it just doesn't even make sense. Doesn't make sense. Yeah.
1: And um, 100 times that over that yeah. happened. And The, you know, the chiropractor, Garner, had lived in the community for, you know, not quite 10 years, but um, people, I think that you could, and you could, you could get away, people do get away with murder all the time in all kinds of ways, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to lie about an established um, person who has lived in the community his whole life and generations, yeah. and he has family in there. because people will, yeah. will find you out. And and in this case, they did, and he went to jail. And I couldn't find whether or not how long actually he was sentenced to jail for, sure. or if he or you know where he's at at this time. But um, it is one of the few cases where that we've read of the stories that we've read mm-hmm. where somebody was uh, convicted of murder, and there was no body.
0: Audrey Heron was 31 years old in 2002. She lived with her husband and three children in Freehold, New York. Freehold is a hamlet in the town of Greenville in Greene County. Do you know what a hamlet is? So I do not, but when I looked it up, it sounds like it's a different name for, like, an unincorporated village. So, okay. Like, it may, like you maybe can't find, like, there's no population for Freehold. Okay. The population is for Greenville. Okay, it's a section. Yes. It's it's an informal section. Yes. Okay, because Hamlet sounds very fancy. It does, (laughs) I know. That's why I left it in there. Yeah, that's good. Um, Greenville, um, which is the town that it's not incorporated with, um, has a population of roughly 4,000. Audrey was employed part-time as a nurse at the Columbia Green Long-Term Healthcare Facility. On August 29, 2002, she went to work, as usual and when her shift ended that night, she walked out with her co-workers and said goodbye. This was the last time that Audrey was seen. Audrey had called her husband the night she was last seen to tell him that she had received a substantial raise. When she wasn't home by 11:30, her husband thought maybe she stayed at her parents' house. Audrey's daughter from a previous relationship had been with her parents on vacation, and Audrey was planning on picking her up the next day, but maybe she decided to go there after work. When she still wasn't home by morning, her husband called her parents to see if she was there. She wasn't. One of Audrey's co-workers said that Audrey was right behind her on her way home after work. Their routes home took different ways eventually, but Audrey was last seen on her regular route home. Her drive home would have taken 15 minutes. There was rain and heavy fog the night she was last seen. Authorities thought maybe she took a different route home to avoid it. Police investigating her disappearance said that her husband was not cooperative. He did take a polygraph test, and it didn't mention the results of that, but he has not been named a suspect. Throughout the years, there have been many tips in her case, but they have all been dead ends. In 2016, investigators searched a property and pond at a residence on Cotterskill Road in Catskill, New York. The property formerly belonged to a person of interest who, in 2016 was serving time in prison for a sexual-related crime. Their search turned up nothing. Her case is being investigated as a homicide. Audrey and her vehicle are still missing. Audrey Heron was 31 years old in 2002. She will be 50 this year. She was a happy and devoted mother and nurse. She is described as Caucasian, 5 feet tall, and 105 pounds. She has dark blonde to light brown hair and hazel eyes. She was last seen wearing a blue turtleneck, dark green medical scrubs, a yellow gold necklace with a pendant reading number one mom, and a watch with a white leather band and white metal face. She has a scar on her right thumb that also covers a portion of her hand and a mole on the inside of her right knee. She smokes cigarettes. Heron's maiden name is Turk. The vehicle she was driving the night she went missing was a black 1994 Jeep Grand Cherokee with New York license plates numbered X233UV. The vehicle has no fog lamps and minor damage to the front passenger side bumper. If you have any information about the disappearance of Audrey Heron, please contact the New York State Police at 518-622-8600.
1: So her vehicle is still missing. But that, that probably isn't... That's probably... Nothing because you just take it to a, a, somebody and they scrap it out. A chop shop or something. Yeah, yeah. And so that's not in a crime like this. You ask who would benefit?
0: Well, it's such a small town. You know, I mean, just the area that sh- I mean, it only took fifteen minutes to right to get home. That's why. That's why it's 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 and they always look to the spouse. Yeah, but they just don't have enough information to. Yeah. List him as a suspect or as a, mm-hmm. um, and there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it, it did say that he took a polygraph. It wasn't clear what the results of that were. He and, has not been named a suspect or, a, or even a person of interest. And
1: we know we know that polygraphs, um, you know, they they cannot be used in the, in a court of law. Right. Um, they are, I believe, and I don't know this, but I believe. That a narcissist, a true narcissist, mm-hmm. would could lie through their teeth and pass a polygraph, yeah. because they have no emotional attachment to it and they do not feel any guilt about it, right. about lying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that an anxious or nervous person could could appear to be guilty for something that they weren't guilty for. Mm-hmm. It, it's not consistent enough. I mean, they don't use it in a court of law. Yeah. So it's it's, but. It, they always look to the spouse. Yeah. They always look to the spouse. Mm-hmm. And um, they have, because that person is the person who will gain the
0: most. Right. Financially. Yeah, um, and it didn't talk about, I mean, um, it, it did say that her husband, her husband's family owned a, a large golf course. So it wasn't like they were hard up for money or something. I mean, I don't know that they're wealthy sure. or anything, but it wasn't like. They weren't desperate. Needed the insurance money or something. Right. It didn't sound like that anyway. Um, And it didn't mention anything about the previous relationship. or anything like that. Yeah. The daughter, the oldest daughter, who was 10 at the time, um, went to live with her father, her biological father. Um, So it didn't sound like he had, you know, there was nothing suspicious about him. Hmm. Um, And the two little, the two youngest ones stayed with their father, her husband at the time. Mm-hmm. It's just so strange. I mean, this small little town. I mean, it's New York, so you know, there's bigger towns, I guess, around there. Right. But right. Such a Access. short distance home, and well, and that's why just an opportunity or something presented itself. Right. And it's and, scary. and were the two youngest children home? I believe so. Because,
1: though, I just want to say that it was fifteen minutes from her work. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't call. It's two thousand two. Like, yeah. You you wouldn't text. You wouldn't what? Right. Um, that seems strange. It does seem strange. It didn't say that the, the youngest ones were home. Well, well, and I think that you know what I think that if you're if you're, <laughs> I think that if if you have it within you to kill your wife, you have it within you to, um, you know, give cold medication to your children so that they fall asleep right. early and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that if you're, if you have murder in your heart and the capacity to do that, um, I don't know what you you you'd do anything.
0: Right. You can't be right. Huh? And the the younger kids were, I mean, younger than Young. ten, mm-hmm. but not babies. Right. You know, they were. I think the youngest was maybe three at yeah. the time. Oh, um, well, it's young. It's very that's young. young. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dependent. Yep. So I don't know. It's just such a. I just it. It's these kind of. I mean, all the stories give me that creeps because it's just people literally vanish. But mm-hmm. being from such a small town, and to have that happen. But I would say that this is a small town surrounded by big,
1: bigger, bigger, right. bigger, more populated areas. Right. And um, though we've we've seen people from very small towns and very rural places just disappear I was walking with a a girlfriend um, this week and I I don't know I just I guess I would never mentioned to her that we did this podcast Mm. uh, COVID I guess you know we just finally started walking again and and um, and she said how can people just go missing and I don't know I don't know how they can just go missing Mm -hmm. I don't know um Without a trace, yeah. and and nothing left behind. I mean, with all the cases, I think you said that we are close to this is you know reading. This is our like our eightieth episode, and mm-hmm. we have not even scratched the surface of people who have gone missing. These are these are cases in which they were long enough for us to be able to use as a mm-hmm. as a story uh, where they had other other identifying information from someplace else and. Uh, this is just the surface.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I don't know how they can just go missing. And, and in a case like this, there's... But without a body, you can't find... There's no crime. Right. And without a body, you can't find out how they died.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which might tell you what we would need to know to be able to, to bring forward a... Perpetrator? Yeah. Yeah. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. So, Katie, my distraction for this week isn't funny. Oh,
0: thanks for listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because they've come here for their humor. Go to a podcast about people who've gone missing for their daily <laughs> dose of comic relief. Uh, so, but I did. This is on. This is on cryptocurrency because I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. And interesting. And I. And I. I'm trying to learn a little bit more about it, not because I want to invest in it, because I am way too cheap to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am too cheap either. to gamble. I don't buy lottery yeah. tickets because uh, I'm a cheapskate. So this is completely cut and pasted from Wikipedia. Okay. This is, this is not any of my personal knowledge or opinions, because sure. I don't have any, because sure. I really don't understand it. I don't either. So cryptocurrency, or crypto, is a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange. Whereas an individual coin ownership record records are st- are stored in a ledger, um, these are stored in computerized databases. So, like if you were, if I was borrowing money from you, um, or if I if I was if I bought something from you, I'd write a check, and so it's right. a ledger of some sort. It's paper, it's something like that. But this is stored in a computerized database using very strong cryptography to secure transactions um and it uh, control it controls the creation of coins and verifies coin ownership um it doesn't exist in a physical form so it's not it's not paper money or or actual coins
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and whereas um you know um, that the U.S. dollar is, comes from a central authority. Right. This cryptocurrency does not have a central authority mm. that, that regulates it, and it's identifiable. So according to Jan Lansky, a crypto, uh, cryptocurrency is a system that meets these six conditions. The system does not require a central authority. Uh, its state is maintained through distributed consensus, so just agreement. Hmm. The system keeps an overview of cryptocurrency units and their ownership. So how much mo- how much coin you have and who actually owns it. The system defines whether cryptocurrency units can be created. Um, if new cryptocurrency units can be created, the system defines the circumstances of their origin and how to determine the ownership of those new units. Ownership of cryptocurrency units can be proved exclusively cryptographically, so through the computer system. Sure. The system allows transactions to be formed um, in which the ownership of the cryptographic unit is changed. The transaction statement can only be issued by an entity proving the current ownership of these units, which is, that confuses me a little bit. Hmm. If two different instructions for changing the ownership of the same cryptographic units are simultaneously entered, the system performs at most just one of them. So it so it's it's self policing. So, okay. But in March of twenty fourteen, the, the IRS ruled that that Bitcoin, a type of cryptocurrency, would be treated as um, would be treated as property for tax purposes. Hmm. It means that the Bitcoin is subject to capital gains tax. In 2019, the IRS started sending letters to cryptocurrency owners, warning them to amend their returns and pay taxes. Interesting. But they can't prove how much cryptocurrency yeah. you own or I own because it's all that's so hidden. Weird. Cryptocurrency networks display a lack of reg- regulation that has been criticized as enabling criminals who seek to evade taxes and launder money. Money laundering issues are also present in regular bank transfers. Right, but because there's a there's a paper trail though there's a paper trail. Yeah, um, and and the you know the the identity um, of the account account holder, who the person who's receiving the money is that's, that's, that person's identifiable. Right. Um, whereas in cryptocurrency, it's not. It's like a username or well, something. I mean, it, it, it can be found cryptographically. Right. I, I think that's how you say it. But, sure. But it, it is not identical. It's not transparent. <clears throat> so tra- actions, transactions that occur through the use and exchange of bitcoins are independent from formal banking systems and therefore can make tax evasion simpler for individuals. Um, Since charting taxable income is based upon a recipient's reports to the Revenue Service, it becomes extremely difficult to account for transactions made using cryptocurrencies. Um, Systems of anonymity that most cryptocurrencies offer can also serve as a simpler means to launder money. Rather than laundering money through an intricate network of financial actors and offshore bank accounts, they just do it uh, through the anonymous transactions of cryptocurrency. Now, I don't I don't exactly so you can you can mine for cryptocurrency, which I understand that to be that you can acquire or find or earn
0: hmm. this money. So then say how do you even get that? Well, and and <clears throat> like how do you even know where to go to find it or to acquire it or well and i i don't I don't know that yeah. I,
1: but but i but you can so you can you can invest actual money in it, you can um mine for money uh and the mining for money isn't it was easier at one time, it doesn't sound like it's as easy now, mm-hmm. and it takes a large amount of um, computer. Capacity. Okay. Um, so, but it, it's very interesting, and the reason I became I wanted to learn a little bit more about it is I serve on our local drug court, and uh, there have been throughout the years uh, people who are interested in investing in cryptocurrency, hmm. and I know nothing about it, and I I can't say as I know anymore about it after <laughs> reading up on it, but I just found it to be interesting, and it it. Um, uh, there are some countries where it, it it is regulated by countries, and some countries would can will allow you to use it internally but not you cannot purchase something from outside of the country sure though I would argue i don 't know how you control that since right. it's all in the it's all uh hidden right and the then one of the challenges is if you have a a way to launder money, then things like human trafficking uh are harder to find, right. and right. so people that benefit from that kind of behavior are harder to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, anyway, I just, I just was, I was a little curious about. it. I thought, well,
0: it's very I, interesting. I mean, I feel like I know more than I did before, but I also feel like I have more questions. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, but who do you ask?
1: Well, and and I think so. This is Wikipedia, and this is just. This was, you know, it just, but. In this this simple little document which yeah. is probably three paragraphs three four paragraphs um, it will it you can go off into a s- several different areas right and this is this is in reference to the general cryptocurrency not specific types t- types yeah. which then there's there's all kinds of that and somewhere in there in reading it I believe it's for the mining of cryptocurrency that it takes a lot of Bandwidth. I'm not even sure if I'm using the right terms for this, but sure. it takes a lot of, of um, computer like storage capacity. or capacity something, and and that require and that takes up a lot of energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there's places, states, or uh, that have kind of that that's become an issue because it it so it it is better for that to be used in an in a, in a part of the country that is cooler like northern minnesota or canada and so it's just it's it's just really interesting about that and i don't um i don't really understand how that works or how you get it or if your bitcoin has cash value or is it only transferred within the internet so I, that's right. what i don't really understand it does sound like it may have some cash value that 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 goes up and down
0: well all yeah the time. it's worth so much at some point in time but what does that mean can you just go to a bank and say i want to cash in five bitcoin for i don't think so i don't think so either so it's like what why is it worth anything if you can't well and i
1: and i i understand it to be most valuable for making um transactions online yeah yeah that's where it's the most valuable and the most useful, and that's why it was created. Mm-hmm. I think it was created like in 2009 or something like that. Sure. So it's been around for a little bit, but I think that our understanding of it is uh, I, you know uh, little to none. It's very interesting.: Well, it was a distraction, an interesting yes. distraction, but not very funny. Well, Hopefully you
0: have something funny for us. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> These are funny tweets from parents. Okay. Just overheard my daughter in the garden admiring a spider's web and telling the spider he was doing great work. (laughs) I love that. You did a good job. Good job. That's that's beautiful. My kid thought that swearing in meant Joe Biden was going to stand at the podium on Wednesday and reel off all the curse words he knows. Oh, he was watching with intent. Yeah, he's understandably a little disappointed now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds way more exciting. Well, I
1: mean, you figure somebody that mature would have a whole <laughs> long list. He would of know them. a lot. He
0: would know. Yeah, he'd know the good ones. He'd know
1: the good ones. <laughs>
0: After brushing out her tangles, my daughter exclaimed she was prettier than a hippo in a dress. And it is hereby my daily mantra. <laughs> prettier
1: than a hippo in a dress. Yes. You know, really. <laughs> I mean, if that's your goal
0: for the day, done. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, my today my daughter started a sentence with, for the record, mom. Oh, no. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm raising myself. Lord, help me. (laughs) That's not going to go well. (laughs) And she learned it young. (laughs) Yes, she did. Uh, My six-year-old daughter just threw a ball while farting and then confidently said, I call that move a fart blaster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Accurate. First of all. I don't think that I
1: could throw a ball and fart on purpose. No, on cue, yeah. On cue. Yeah. I, I, I just, I I could trip and fall down maybe, but I don't think I could do that. And then to come up with the name of it. Yes. To name that action. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. That's good. These are talented kids. So smart. One time my daughter's pediatrician said, if you can't get her to eat anything but a cookie for breakfast, give her the damn cookie. And I think about that a lot. <laughs> just give her the cookie it's true if they want anything else just give them what they want that doesn't make any sense to me it's, it's but i don't have kids well it creates a whole other problem but they have to eat do you well
1: i suppose i don't know put a raisin in the cookie i mean i'm opposed <laughs> i'm i am deeply opposed to raisins yeah, me too. But you fold that cookie in half, give them, put a raisin in there, and fine.
0: Yeah, I I might if if I had that problem, I would probably just give her the cookie rather than fighting. Depending on how old, I suppose. How old they're twenty four, <laughs> 37. <laughs> uh, well, I just want the cookie when I want the cookie, yeah. and I always will want the cookie. And I'm not gonna eat unless I get a cookie. Yeah, and <laughs> well,
1: I don't care what you say. I want two cookies yes. because I'm
0: really hungry. <laughs> My nine-year-old Googled, how to guilt your parents into ungrounding you. Is God. this evil or genius? I yes, can't decide. Yes, it's
1: both. <laughs> it's both. And uh, I wonder if anything popped up. I sure did.
0: There's articles sure, written under it. Did. Oh, my gosh.
1: I didn't even, I mean, that's because they were, they were weaned on
0: on their cell phones. Yes. And I, on Google. On Google, to know how to do that. Yeah. Right. Me in my daughter's ear. Go tell Daddy you want McDonald's. If he says no, then you cry, okay? (laughs) Is that genius or evil? Uh, Well, again.
1: I think maybe evil. Yep. I mean, there's one thing about planting a seed, and there's another about shoving the seed. (laughs) You know, forcing somebody to... Yeah. Right. So, last night, uh, I had... I was working in my craft room, and my husband put the cat away. The cat sleeps in the basement. He likes it. He, he so don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, and so he put the cat away, and I can hear him. So he has to get so the cat eats supper at when he goes to bed, and I can hear David and you know using this the kitty cat voice. Oh yeah, and, you know which is a higher pitched. Mm-hmm uh uh it's like I think it's like what you would use to talk to a child, yeah, um, but I can't hear what he's saying. I can just hear this this kind of uh, melodic kind of conversation that he's having with the cat, and the cat's answering him oh, yeah. and they're having this conversation about what he's having for supper <laughs> and he's gonna, he's gonna go to bed and i'm I'm upstairs and i can i'm just I'm just smiling my face off because it's just so adorable (laughs) that you know it's it happens every single day it happens every single day but just somehow yesterday i just caught it and it just it just made me smile on a very deep level that's good yeah that's really good